a priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. Hello, Nolan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We're, we're down one man today, but um, but I think we'll be able to hang. Yeah, I, I think trying to – so we, we won't consider this an, a regular episode. Uh, we'll call this a mini episode. And uh, this, so, this, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So this – because Justin, uh, being the, the world traveler that he is, working for the um, a person that I don't know if we're allowed to say his name or not, so we just won't for now. Um, the, okay. So – we we decided that rather sounds than, so vague though. Right? I, I know, right? <laughs> could be anybody, world traveler. Like, well, he did it, say he works be, for a Christian musician. I think we could say it did, that much. But if someone only listens to this episode and heard that, they I mean it could be the Dalai Lama for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Justin, we we have spent the last um I, I like a month. So we recorded on February 6th and the, and the episode got released like a week and a half to two weeks later due to my you know what that number episode that was. I think it was five, right? So then this would be 5.5. Yeah. This is not yeah. quite episode six. This is episode 5.5. Or, or episode one of the mini episodes. If we want to start okay. a whole new numeric system. Oh, okay. I, I, I like mean, that. That's, that's up to you though. That's that might be uh, a little too much for me to uh, remember <laughs> and keep track of. Well, before we move forward, I want to give a shout out to um to Jay, who is one of our uh, okay. faithful listeners. Who um, I I mentioned the podcast in passing. She's in our RCIA, so she's studying to become Catholic. I mentioned the podcast in passing, and um, she binge listened to all of the untitled catholic podcast on her way back and forth from dc so she listened to like back when kyle was still on like the original episodes um all the way to um to now so she's she's a faithful listener and she seems to actually like it i don't know why but she does so shout out to jay shout, thank you jay yeah we appreciate that and uh We'll keep cranking them out just for you. Yeah, that, that if that's the only person. So, if that's the only person, then it's well worth it. <laughs> so we're we're trying to create some consistency. So that's why, uh, because it's difficult to get all of us together at the same time while my brother's on tour. Um, we're we're gonna do like these mini episodes sometimes. So it might be like myself and Nolan, myself and my brother Justin and Nolan, um, just to kind of like give a quick perspective on something and then um, just so that, you know, we're not leaving you hanging because for whatever reason, there's at least five people who actually ask me about when the next one's coming out. Um, Some of those people desperately want to be on it and that's why they're asking and other people like, so that's two people. And then I don't know if they actually listen. So maybe we shouldn't cater our, our, uh, cater to them, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. So I'm just going to move on to the question that I've been thinking of. One of the things that um, having to give um, uh, talks to um, different people, uh, 
you know, different age groups and stuff. Like there's there's certain people um, because of their affiliation with the church that no matter what you do, they're going to like what you have to say. And those tend to be the mm -hmm. older crowd. Like I could get up there and talk about like, you know, my trip to the barber and they, they'll eat it all up and they'll tell me how great it was after. Um, but there are other <laughs> people that you talk to that maybe are forced to be somewhere. So I can think of one time I, I talked to the teachers and they had to be there. And then basically any kind of confirmation retreat or religious ed thing or things with the school that, you, you know, the kids have to go to, you know, they're not there because they want to. And what I wanted to ask you is how do you engage the kids that you know don't want to be there? Yeah, um, it is tough, right? Because it's like you're if you make it mandatory and it automatically has that stink on it of being mandatory. So like in, in a teenager's mind, this is going to be awful or, you know, you, you invite them um, and just encourage them to come, but don't make it mandatory. And then, you know, three kids show up. So, right. And, and, and it's the three kids whose, whose families are at church every Sunday and, right. you know, they're, they're, they're into this sort of thing. So yeah. Preaching um, to the proverbial choir, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I try, you know, I, I try not to be, um, you know, pur purposefully funny necessarily because I don't want to come off as, um, I, I don't want to come off as like, I, I'm because I'm not, I'm not hysterical. I'm not like a professional comedian. So it's a really good chance if I try to say something funny, I'm going to get the, you know, opposite effect. But I do try to have some fun right from the very beginning, especially with teenagers and especially with like eighth graders. Um, or seventh graders, which is usually our confirmation crowd. So I always try to try to begin um, by having fun, whether it be an icebreaker. I, I almost never do something without doing an icebreaker at the beginning, even if it has absolutely nothing to do uh, with the talk itself. Although if you can tie it in, that's always a, a fun thing too. Um, but um, that's that's kind of like my my go to thing. I and I, I try to I try to just be myself um if i can make um like a pop culture reference um uh or or um, a reference to something that's happening um that's that's something that they're listening to and paying attention to that's always a plus too but again that's something you want to force um I, I think the sooner that you can let them see you're at the very least a normal human being a normal um you know 30 something or 20 something whatever whatever the speaker is um or even an, an an older person someone in their uh you know 40s or 50s can still um grab the attention of a of a young crowd um if they come off like they're genuine and authentic and and real and at the same time um, happen to be in love with their faith. So that's kind of like my overall general approach is let them let them see that um, I'm normal and um, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a real person, an, an authentic person, and yet I do have this profound love for my faith. Because that uh, in and of itself is a lesson. Right, right. And and I, 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 I agree with you 100% on that. And um, so I, there was like, one of my favorite moments that was kind of like this, there, there are two things that kind of like stick out in my mind. And um, I had to give a talk to a group of high school seniors that were forced to go on retreat and they were broken up into four groups, uh, two groups of girls, two groups of guys. And mm -hmm. um, 
I'm not very used to talking to uh, a group with just only girls um, that mm-hmm. was of that magnitude. So like normally like with a guys group, there's something you can say. Like, So my high school was an all boys high school. So when I go talk there, there's always something that I can say that relates to when I was there. So then I, mm-hmm. that kind of is the icebreaker right off the bat. I'll be like, oh yeah, is this guy still giving you trouble? And they laugh. Or I remember um, when we had this and then they let, la- and then now they're listening because they know you're one of them. Right. Um, so they, they put me in in this room with a uh, with a group of girls, and I'm not really used to um, talking to, to to just girls. Although girls tend right. to be more receptive to stuff than guys, mm-hmm. but like it seemed like they put all the popular girls in this group, and they all sat in like the front, probably because they were the ones that were going to get in trouble, and they all looked like they did not want to be there at all. And um, so it was four of us giving talks um, and I was friends with all the people that were talking. Like I knew them and, and like, I knew they were all good. Um, it, it, there was one other priest and then, and, and then another guy who was in college. And then uh, uh, one of my friends who worked as a campus minister. And so each group would split up and, and, and you know, every, it would rotate. So we would all get all the groups. And the priest opened up by giving a history of the seminary where where this talk was taking place. And it was so boring. And he started off for like 30 minutes. He talked for like 20 minutes about like the history of the building. And I was like, it was terrible. It was terrible. And I'm like, now what am I going to do? Because they already don't want to be here. And they came in and they're settling in and they don't look like they want to be there. And I'm like, God, I don't know what to say. So give me something to say. So I got up there and I said, um, yeah, you know, father talked about this, this, and this. Like, how many of you were bored when he was talking about that? And they're all looking at me. And then I'm like, it's all right to raise your hand. You won't get in trouble. And I said, the teacher won't get, because there was two teachers in there. I said, you won't, you won't get them in trouble for this, right? And they're like, and they shake their head. And then like everyone raises their hand. I was like, yeah, I wanted to smack him because he's up there boring us to tears and now i gotta talk and try to get you all to pay attention after this how is that gonna happen and then they all left oh and then they were mine after that that was perfect like, perfect it was perfect actually what what one of the best examples i've ever seen is is from you because um we brought some of our students to a day retreat um for those that were going to be coming eucharistic ministers yes and, yeah, yeah, yeah um you know, and now these these are kids who are you know they're 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 the church kids anyway for the right, most part right. of the school. So I mean, th- there is that they weren't like it wasn't like they were expecting to have a, a poor time, but nonetheless, like you get up there and a priest stands up, and if what he has to say is not you know relevant to them for the get go, and or at least doesn't you know resonate with them, you're gonna you could lose them potentially for the whole day. Even a group that you know is into it they're still teenagers so but you went up there and i'll never forget you said i don't really like justin bieber but that new album is fire and with that one line you had them all hook line and sinker (laughs) kids still talk about it to this day to this very day they're like some priests from their eucharistic minister retreat i see like when it comes to me, like I have the advantage and disadvantage of that very thing. So when I get up there, people automatically think it's going to be boring. 
But then when I say something like that, I can get them far greater than you can. Because if you say mm -hmm. something like that, it could be the desperate youth minister trying to connect. When right. I say something like that, it's like, how does this priest know about this? Right. As if, so, as if you wear the, you put the collar on, and then all of a sudden you're you just cut off from the world. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> which is the case for some people, but not for me. Right. And no. some of the stuff I try to keep on up with just so I could talk about it. And then when I genuinely sure. like something, then I could, you know, it comes through. Yeah. But um, I do, I do think that it, it doesn't just stop there though. Like it's it's not as simple as just saying something catchy in the beginning or um, I think it's important to do that and to try to grab their attention, to try to break the ice. Um, but um, it's, it's also, you know, the, the rest of the talk too. Um, yeah. What, yeah. What, I think what you say um, uh, and you don't have to, you don't have to, I, I, you don't have to find like, you know, you don't have to necessarily be funny or you know forced jokes or anything like that. And I think forcing jokes is actually a detriment. But um, but I do I do find like telling stories in order to convey messages um, makes things uh, really uh, it, it makes it easier for kids to to latch onto it and to pay attention because you know they're used to to stories. I mean, most of the time they're used to stories being told, you know, via a video screen or uh, you know their phones or something like that. But right. Um, but you know, even if you even if you had to embellish a story that wasn't even all that exciting or wasn't even all that involved, uh, but just just to, to place a teaching or something in the context of a of a story. Um, that that's I mean that just speaks to the human nature no matter what the age we, we love we love hearing stories and telling yeah. stories and sharing stories yeah and I and I tend to what I try to do is I know like if if I see them starting to dip that's the time to tell the story you might expedite it and move it up earlier right. in the talk or, or like you know what I like to also do is if I make a mistake and I try to make a joke about the mistake. And, and for whatever reason, people seem to love that. They're like, oh, it makes you human. And I was like, I didn't realize I was a robot. But, uh, yeah. but like, you know, and then those kind of things too. And then anytime that you can make fun of like one of their teachers or something like that, like if you could make a joke, right. like if you came to something and then I needed to make a joke about you, they'll laugh and then they'll pay attention. Because if they Absolutely. like, if they like, but that that works more they'll for be the like, people. Oh, he's one of us. We make fun of him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that only works with the people who are um, already like, like into it. Because mm -hmm. they wouldn't know you if they weren't into it. That's true. That's true. Um, and and I think another thing that I think is important too um, is uh, is kind of like like dynamic and and tone. Um, as, as nerdy as that sounds to say, like, I think that really like matters. Like one thing I try to do is not use a microphone. If it's a huge, huge, huge group, obviously you have to use a microphone, but if I can get away without using the microphone, I, I like to do that. Cause in a weird way, um, in a weird way, they talk more when they can hear you when they can't hear you is when. I don't know if it's subconscious or whatever, but I find like kids are more likely to be quiet and stop at the side conversation and really listen in if they have to, in order to hear you. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll see, I'll see, um, 
speakers kind of get frazzled when kids start talking or when they're trying to shut them down, uh, quiet them down rather. And, you know, they start shushing the crowd and everything. Never shush a crowd of teenagers. They're, they're being shushed all day in school, at home. They're being told, shush, shut up, be quiet. You want to avoid all those things. My, my tactic for that is simply to, uh, to wait and to start speaking um, and doing so at, at a normal volume that kind of forces them to stop. And you know there there are times obviously if depending on the nature of the crowd where you, maybe you do have to for their attention, but as much as you can avoid that, I you know I find that just being calm, cool, collected, and just you know speaking lower usually works at at, at getting their attention. And uh, I've also, which I don't know if this is good or bad. Every once in a while, I go after that kid. And then when you go after that kid, physically, no, no, no. Like you say something to that kid that embarrasses oh. or her, and then yeah, that shuts everyone up. We, or even just to, even if just kind of direct the, the the topic to him or about him, even if it's not, um, you know, putting him on the spot to say something, but just you know, I don't know, trying to harness what what he's doing or he's saying and and make it work in your own favor. Right. Well, that, you're a better person than I am. I tend to go right to the negative. You go for the jugular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a friend who's a teacher who I don't know if he listens or not, but um, I said to him, like, he was talking about like kids that act up in class. I said, you got to insult them and they will never act up again. <laughs> yeah. If you embarrass them, they will never act up again. Not insult. You have to embarrass. Um, I probably shouldn't be saying that, but I they, think they, they might also not pay attention to anything you have to say for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine if they don't talk. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> that's what we're all about here. Yeah, that's all I really care about. Come on now. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 tough. But it's it's one of those things that when you can make it work, it, it, it makes all the difference. But but you know what? It's And again, with, with like the tone and the delivery, like – it really is important. Like you want to, and and it's it's easy when you're talking about something you're passionate about, right? In your faith, especially if you're sharing stories that are real to you. You know, a lot of times, like for confirmation retreats, I'll share stories about World Youth Day and experiences I've had, encounters with God, and these are the moments that shaped my faith. Right. Um, so, you know, adding a little dynamic to my voice is very natural. It's not something forced at all. Right. Um, and a little intensity to my delivery. Um, but yeah, if, if you can, if you can do that and it's authentic, um, they're going to at the very least pay attention and listen, because even if they're not believing it themselves, they're recognizing, okay, but this is, this is real to him. Yeah. And I had, um, uh, one of the toughest things that I've ever had to do, as far as giving a talk is concerned. Um, Cause like you, you, certain times you go to like a high school, like when I go back to my own high school, like they might not want to listen, but they're going to be respectful. So right. when you have people who are disrespectful to try to get them to pay attention without causing a scene, what you said is the thing that has worked for me. Mm -hmm. So we had um, Ike and Dolo come and he, he did a concert, a holy hour and then a concert. And these kids have never been to holy hour before. And it was mandatory wow. for all of the confirmation kids. So there were 300 kids that were forced to be there. 
And they did That's a heck of a way to have your first holy hour, though, to have Ike and Dolo there. Yeah, I know. I was like, this is good and bad at the same time because I don't think we could top this. Um, <laughs> but we um, – so I'm, I'm preaching and I hear people talking. And I'm trying to get more and more passionate as I'm preaching and I'm going on and on. And then I get to the, this point where I start telling this story that I heard when we were in World Youth Day. Um, and it's like kind of like a, a sad story about like a kid who, who there's an earthquake when he's in school. You know that story? This is probably um, like a famous like Steubenville conference story, I guess, at this point. And, he, okay. and then like um, the, so the, the school crumbles and the dad oh, promised the kid. Yeah, the dad promised the kid that he'd come. This is a true story. I don't remember all the details. So I make it work to my advantage. Um, right. So is it, there's a lot of those stories that that are like told all over the world and in different ways and right, different right. versions. And yeah. Who knows what the real part is? But exactly. So I um. So yeah, I start telling this whole story, and uh, I really, really like give it to them and it's I like it's sad and then like as you tell it it's like it's kind of like emotional so you kind of let your emotions take over just a little bit and um as i'm telling this story about the dad digging through the rubble to find his kid and then he you know like they like you could hear a pin drop mm -hmm. and then i said and then he found the kid and the kid says like oh i told you my dad was gonna come i was like that's how god feels about us and i went and sat down and it was quiet and then, like, as soon as people started rustling again, Ike came in and, and started playing music, and it, it worked out perfectly. Awesome. And that was, like, this by was the grace of God. Yeah, because as I'm preaching, I'm praying, God, this isn't working. You have to help me. Give me the thing to say. And then I wasn't planning on telling that story. I was saving it for another day. Yeah. And then I was like, I need it. I need to go to the big guns right now. And then I just... Well, honestly that's that's really the key right there is is really being open to letting the holy spirit um you know take the take the wheels for for lack of a better term i mean there are so many and it sounds so cliche to say but it it's i absolutely believe from the bottom of my heart that the holy spirit has saved talks on my you know for me yeah. uh, many times before um and the times that i've i've been I always prepare, you know, I always, always write out my talks. I always, uh, or at least very least give myself bullet points. And even if I don't go up to the uh, podium or, you know, wherever I'm speaking from with the, the bullet points in front of me, I at least go through the bullet points in the days leading up to the talk so that when I, I can talk, I kind of know where I'm going. But right. the times where I've tried to force my own ideas and thoughts um, that I thought were so great as I was putting them together are absolutely the worst talks. And the best times have been, it's a combination of me preparing and, and, you know, feeling inspired to say certain things. But then when it comes down to the talk, being open to kind of going, um, you know, go, feeling out the crowd and, and most importantly, like praying through it really. So what I've started doing is depending on what the talk is, um, like a homily now, I don't write out. I used to write bullet points, but I don't do that anymore. And then certain talks that I know enough about the subject, I don't write it out. Um, bullet, I, I don't write um, bullet points anymore. But so like mm -hmm. um, I had to give a talk last night to um, a group of guys on a vocations retreat. So they're obviously there because they want to be. And our mm -hmm. uh, vocations director kind of told me to bring it. So I felt like the pressure. Um, mm -hmm. So like, you know, I was praying about it and I was thinking about it and it was on holiness and 
So what I tend to do, which generally works, is I, I'll come up with the outline, like you said, but I never want to write it out because I always want to leave that room for the Holy Spirit, like you said. Mm -hmm. And I always yeah. pray, like right before I go up and leading up to it, and like, you know, your words, not my words kind of thing. And I always kind of know the moment where like the Holy Spirit kicks in. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that didn't totally. come from me. And then I just go yeah. with it. So it's it's good. Yeah, in a weird way, you like you, you're talking, but you're not even not you not that you're not conscious of what you're saying, but right. you just can tell that like okay, yeah, this is a uh, this is not exactly how I dreamt it up. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So the the last thing that I'll say is um, uh, we have some guests that are 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 lined up uh, at least two that are definite that they want to be on and then like another two to three that are uh said that they would be willing to be on that we got to work through so uh keep keep your ears open for that and if you have any suggestions things that you want us to talk about or um anything like that we have a facebook page the untitled catholic podcast on facebook and then um, you, you might want to like that and then um uh, and you could like us and write reviews on Facebook if you want. We're not going to pressure you yet because I don't think we're consistent enough to deserve reviews. So do um, you have anything you want to say? Any parting shots, as they say, Nolan? Um, I don't have any parting shots. Just uh, thanks for those that are that are listening and hanging on with us. We're, uh, we're working through this, and uh, and I think, speaking of uh, letting the Holy Spirit take the wheel, I think uh, that's that's where we're at. So, <laughs> Yeah, if God wants us to do this, he'll keep giving us the opportunities to do it. Absolutely. And if not, then I just have fun talking to you and my brother. Exactly, which we do anyway. But well, Yeah, but, but this kind of makes it happen. Yeah. Even it, it would be even less formal than it is now. Right. <laughs> if you think this is bad, you should hear our regular conversation. Right. <laughs> well, it was good talking to you, Nolan. And um, you too, Father Sean. God bless everyone who's listening. I know my brother made fun of me the last time I said that. I wasn't. I was washing my hands, and I come back, and I'm editing it. And he goes, ah, "My brother always says, ah, God bless.' So, uh, well, I said it already. So there you go." It's not a bad thing to say. <laughs> I didn't think so. He's like, like he sneezes. I don't think it was like a sneeze kind of God bless you. But anyway, what do I know, right? You know what? The sneeze doesn't doesn't have the right to hijack the God bless you. Yeah, I don't think so either. I agree with it you. Can that be, can, can be used in a lot of different contexts. Right. That could be our next mini episode. <laughs> exactly. When to say I God bless you. <laughs> You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic. Oh, now, now you just now you just got everyone all all excited for the next mini episode. They're not going to be able to stand it, and we're probably we not going to remember that's what we said. Right. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Mister Nolan. All right. See you later, buddy. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.